the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC 265 Recap, the return of Scarface, an interim disgrace, and much, much more. Up, oh, you savages. This is the Protecting Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analysts is where you can find over at MMAJunkie.com. But on this here program, the Protecting Neck Podcast, we break down high level MMA, and that's what we're going to do here today, tonight. Whenever you're listening to this, it will be before the fight because it's after the fight, and there's a technically a week break. We're going to be recapping UFC 265. Thank you for the play in there. Uh, Sabretooth Zombie, House of the Rising Sun, playing off. Last week's The Animals Entrance, I wanted to change it up, didn't want to go with the normal, because it is a recap show, but I couldn't think of anything, I'm like, you know what, let me just go with the playoff of last week, I mean, hey, goddamn is an appropriate song for a gambling ear podcast, isn't it, especially coming off of a, off of a, a not winning week, uh, didn't get my ass completely kicked like the other week uh, through some metrics, but not winning week is an ass kicking to me, right, so, um, we played in uh, speaking ass kicking i walked out to this song <laughs> amateur fight uh which was at the orleans so i was like hey you know house of the rising sun i'm fighting at the orleans curtain jerker and what i like about saber to the zombies cover um I believe it's like former members of lifelong tragedy or something i don't know uh but uh is that they got the crowd vocals which is my you know my punk hardcore you know um i vibe that a lot and uh being the curtain jerker and uh you know nothing someone no one really gave a crap about you know i needed to at least you know create the image that i was <laughs> to a crowd. uh so i still love that song um but yeah uh, we're gonna recap the usc 265 um check the timestamps. i'm gonna try to keep this episode really short um it's sunday morning uh, I just want to talk about the fights. Shouts to my man Ramundo, one of one of uh, loyal listeners from the Junkie Fam. Um, I always talk to uh, in the DMs, and he, you know he was asked what my thoughts were, and I'm like, you know what, Ramundo, let me just record a recap. I can get back to you there and kind of share the wealth with everybody, as well as work toward that goal of 300 episodes by five years, which I'm 275, aiming to do that by the very end of this year. So you know, the first episode of this program was a post-fight show. Um, for Nunez Rousey, right? So, yeah, the end of this year, we'll make that five years, um, I believe. <sighs> Could be wrong. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, so that, that's the goal. If I hold up, if I can stay on target, as I uh, tend to reference. Uh, and as you saw last week, m- me and my uh, spaceship falling apart. Um, I, don't, I don't know if it's this cumulative effect or what it is, but... Um, I'm gonna put a cherry on top, uh, make it a you know positive Sunday sandwich, if you will, with some shouts. You guys are being too kind on my birthday, but uh, yeah, if if you noticed me struggling this last week, it just I, I don't know if it's like normal pre-birthday depression or normal 
cumulative of the UFC schedule breaking me down by the time there's a break in the schedule because like this break in the schedule, folks, to why I'm recording this recap show is I usually do on these breaks in the schedule. To uh, holidays like my birthday, it all sneaks up on me because I'm the way I'm wired. I'm so tunnel vision, and I just I don't come up for air. I don't, I don't look around until I come up for air. Uh, once the task at hand uh, is done, or the, that week's tasks. So this week to week schedule is just nightmarish on someone who's wired like that. Much less who has you know, which I don't talk about enough. And I, I was I'm, I'm I've long had the bootstrap mentality. Uh, do not use it as an excuse, and that's why I don't bring it up. Um, but uh, but but I've been trying to be more open about my Tourette's and things that come along with Tourette's and that neurological umbrella, um, like legit OCD, anxiety, depression, ADD. So I'm always beating myself up for not being able to focus, not being able to stay on task, and certain things that have gotten worse during and by the way even people that listen to the show i'm not going to try to go down this rabbit hole too much but i do feel it's important to bring it up because even people close to me listen to the show um were unaware that i have tourette's um which is fine um i only you know came out with it if you will last year and perhaps maybe i did so not because of you know air quotes trends or anything like that it, I, it is a good thing that we are talking more about mental health um but whether we talk more about you know, things that are on the radar from racial things to mental health things. Your boy here, as I tend to do, embodies the more misrepresented, underrepresented things, right? I'm not going to go down the Asian rabbit hole, but for this, it's like, you know, with Tourette's and OCD are things that average everyday people to like even the, the woke stalwarts who got to watch what they say, like the Jimmy Fallons of the world, or still regularly do like, oh, my so was my Tourette's. And they don't mean it in a mean way, folks. I'm not saying go cancel them. Like, no, I don't care. But it proves the point, though, does it not, that the, these things aren't, you know, the hypocrisies that exist um, and the under-misrepresentations. And even myself, you know, again, with my bootstrap mentality that I kind of grew up with and imposed upon myself, um, I myself don't give it enough credit. And while we all were dealing with things, right, through this pandemic and realizing things, hopefully those of us are self-aware, at least we're able to maybe come away from these struggles and acknowledge the struggles that we all had. Uh, I know I was many, I was going doing my bane, like I, I was born in the darkness because you know, whether it was biological stuff, like the Tourette's or OCD to environmental stuff, like my job, uh, pre-pandemic being a job where you work from home or even though I'm not a parent caretaking for both people and animals, um, all things made me kind of not leave the house, so I was already kind of uh, filling these effects, hence the kind of Bane attitude, like, oh, welcome to my world, you know? Uh, but little did I know my world, too, also was affected, um, you know, maybe not 10 x but, you know, X more so. And figuring out those variables is something I'm still trying to do, but... It's been really hard to sleep, stay on task, and a lot of things have been exacerbated, particularly... Um, the OCD aspect, um, which again I've been fucking guilty of too, folks. I'm not putting my nose in the air like oh, all most, if not all these things, I too am guilty of and trying to be better of. But yeah, so it's been a bit of a hard week. So I apologize for that. I'm not trying to use that as an excuse because again, that's the irony, right? Is that like the things that I go through? I feel like would be a lot for a air quotes normal person with a air quotes normal. Uh, 
barometer or you know uh, dealability with stress which I do not have uh, someone with a normal energy level like the video game which I do not have because of uh, head trauma and other things right um, that I've sustained in the past that affect my working hours of the day <laughs> um, so uh, the that, that is kind of the irony right like stuff like last week from like you know uh, repeat trips to the body shop that involved literally almost dying twice by uber drivers breaking fingers having my uh, stepdad uh, attacked uh and you know uh just all these fucking crazy things that tend to happen when i say i'm gonna try to enjoy this week and i'm gonna gamble on myself by getting something done early uh, by telling the boss I'm going to do so. And that was enough to have the universe go, oh, I'm fucking sicking the dogs on you this week, Dan. But don't you do that every week? Like, yeah, we're going to do it a little harder. Uh, so it was, and I'm not trying to play the fucking violin here, by the way. I'm just saying, like, uh, plenty of people have it way worse. I'm very grateful. And I'm going to get to why I'm gra so grateful, as you guys reminded me. But if you did notice why I was having a hard week or falling apart, it was in your imagination. Uh, I apologize for being so dramatic. I just... You know, uh, I'm still bad about talking about things and asking for help and all these things that I probably have preached for y'all to do. So, um, yeah, uh, it, 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 you know, and this is my unique circumstances, but I would like to think that this translates to you guys listening to that if you don't, it's why it's important to look after yourselves, especially like, you know, I imagine a good chunk of you are parents, and I'm not even a parent. Uh, uh, but in regards to the, not just for yourself, but the, the others that depend on you to, you know, get your shit together. Uh, so, uh, so I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm, in, I'm insanely grateful. I probably shot myself more in the foot for potential career opportunities more so because I talk, that's the weird thing about talking about these vulnerabilities. It's good, but I, I only can speak for myself. Um, I can only imagine for like, you know, actual like media people like David Begnos uh, with Tourette's or actual people in the media public eye that are popular like Billie Eilish, right, with Tourette's. Um, I can't speak for them and the pressures they feel, but as proud as I am to make it to these things that doctors and stuff that tell not just me, but anybody with these diagnoses, they, they tell you your fucking limitations from early on to the point of why am I going to fucking try at school if I, if I can't be this or that, I can't be normal according to you guys. So as proud as we are to be barrier breakers, um, I can't speak for them, but for myself, there is a pressure that comes along with that. I can only imagine what it's like for them because I'm, if I'm feeling it with my small, insignificant self and presence, like, yeah, there is a pressure though that comes with that because you don't want to admit to limitations or this or that or not limitations is the wrong word, but you know, struggles, if you will, because of how they can be perceived. People, oh, see, look, he's he's a loose cannon. Look at him. Look at him tweet off and pop off. Did he delete that one? You know, um, you know, not saying anything terrible or anything, but it just, those things don't look good. And um, so it's tough, but it's, you know, between the way I'm wired to the unique things I have, it's also very tough to talk about these things. So I'm trying to do better. I will, I do mean when I say though, I will be limiting myself and what I do. Um, but, don't take that wrong, folks, because that means if I'm doing, you know, uh, if, if I'm already booked for your show, don't worry. It's because I already wanted to do your show. Uh, for example, good dudes that you should follow and support their work, uh, Benny Abs and uh, 
Kirkpatrick there, Fixed Fights Pod, going to be going on their show. Um, that's a podcast that's on my podcast feed, and I don't listen to a lot of MMA stuff. So, again, it's no, I don't want anybody who uh, I collaborate and do stuff with to think it's it's them. It's not you, it's me. Um, but, yeah, I really do got to <clears throat> be more selective and, and take care of myself and uh, be selective on how I put myself out there. I'm going to be doing a top five. I know, Dan, take the off week off. Well, it's never really an off week. We've got Bellator and PFL. I've got to at least supply picks and probably write up Bellator, but if not, I will be writing up something else, so stay tuned to Junkie for that. Um, and grateful to have a job, but that's kind of just the point. Most of us folks in the media, even on these light weeks, it's not even off weeks anymore. It's like light weeks, air quotes, because these are usually not light. Uh, it'll get filled in somewhere, and I do it to myself too, and this one won't be work, though. going to be co-hosting a top five Japanese uh, MMA fighters with my man Jordan Killian. I've been teasing that for a while. Jordan has hosted this show the second most next to me. Um, and me and him are like ships passing in the night, but they never left. It just works. Uh, and me and me and him are just uh, get on great. Um, and being able to talk and catch up with Jordan, just not considered work at all. Um, you know, which was uh, why it was nice to hang out with my guy Kenny. Shouts to Kenny. Uh, you know, one of the hardest working MFers behind the scene. The stuff that the editors, especially video editors and video people, have to do. Um, it's it's insane. And uh, my guy Kenny, uh, you know, had, had invited me over uh, to watch the fights with him. That was just nice. You know, us media guys, we don't get together as much as you all think, whether we're colleagues or not, if we live in the same town. It's just one of those things. Like, my first two roadshow appearances was, like, Hawaii and New York. And I'm like, guys, we live in the same state. But it was, you know, it's just kind of this habits that we get into, right? And I totally spaced uh, that uh, I even like listened to just wrapped the show to the road show and I was like oh yeah Oscar Willis and shout out to my man Matthew Wells was on there but that's right Kenny wasn't on there he's he was uh, stateside so um, so yeah uh, so yeah sorry girlfriend's texting me she's on her way so another reason I'm going to try to keep this short uh, we're going to celebrate my birthday here a day late on Sunday because she was working and you know Fights, fights, fights. So kind of just works out that way. Um, so that'll be the she will be the decider how long this podcast will go. So let me speed through. But it was it was just really nice to uh, hang with my guy Kenny there, um, and uh, and yeah, um, and the birthday wishes. And I wasn't you know between that and, and you know as you saw, uh, I'm not going to be too thorough uh, in a lot of these recaps because I was half watching, half just you know kicking it with Kenny. I was responding to a lot of you guys as I tend to do during the fights, uh, especially just because I've been kind of tuned out, admittedly. I put so much into watching the fights carefully to break them down. I've been so kind of just burnt by the time I get to fight night. I'm not even really care. I'm more about the interactions, kind of like I said last week with uh, my man Aaron Bronstetter. Um, so it was cool, man. I mean, these little interactions are nice where you can get them. Um, and uh, I prefer those. You know, it's nice. So uh, thank you guys for the birthday wishes, tying it on why I have all these reasons to be grateful because all you guys are way too kind to me than I deserve. Um, I get up in my head and just think nobody likes me and I'm stupid and I'm just taking up airwaves and just shut up, Dan, and fucking keep your head down and get to work. Nobody cares. Um, and that's a problem for me socially, business-wise. I don't negotiate for myself while don't cultivate friendships well. And I'm really trying to work on that. And thank you guys for putting up with me. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for the support. Thank you for all the birthday wishes. Apologies if I seemed unwell, dramatic, or any of those things that I don't want to be or expose or project. 
But life is real and we all have things to deal with. I'm trying to be better about dealing with mine. I'm trying to be more open as people who are even close to me are still unaware that uh, I have Tourette's and whatnot, which is totally fine. That's why I keep it toward the top of my Linktree bios at DanTomMMA or at the PYM Podcast if you want to follow the social platforms by my profile at DanTomMMA. Um, my Tourette's Podcast appearance is on there where I talk more about it. And I just need to be better at managing it because, you know, I'm having my, just like all, all, all of you, and we all do it in our own different, unique ways. Yes, I am experiencing, a, you know, upticks and stress that I really got to get a fucking handle on. Um, so thank you guys for being so lovely and supportive, uh, reaching out. A lot of people were requesting the PayPal link. I don't know if it's because of my birthday. You guys don't have to do that. But yes, mixedmarshallanalyst.com, secure PayPal link for anybody who wants to donate to the show. A lot of you guys said I should set up a Patreon. And I just feel like that's a step closer to, like, getting content. That's like, you know, it's like, you know, especially for me, someone that wants to adamantly have free content, like, if I did, of course, I would I would only, uh, you know, do it for people that want to support on a monthly basis, and I would still keep my content outside of the paywall. However, I do feel like it's just a, it's like a gateway drug, you know? It's like, it's like when your girl, to. <laughs> You guys have never had this experience. It's like when your girl tells you she's just gonna waitress at the strip club. She's like, "It's okay, I'm not. I'm not taking. My, I'm just waitressing. It's good. It's good tips, you know." <laughs> it's like getting a Patreon. Like, I'm not gonna charge for my content. It's just a Patreon. Okay, well, we're gonna put a couple videos on there. It's not crazy. <laughs> That's how it starts. I'm not hating, by the way, for people that have Patreons. Um, go support it because you got to vote with your dollars and I can tell you firsthand we don't make a lot of money and we don't have a lot of leverage to make a lot of money in the media so that's why we and perhaps why we uh, are so vocal for the similarities that we share with the fighters especially for us independent contractors like I am so vote with your dollars I appreciate it um, support other uh, look at me I'm like turning in my own plug into like go support other people give your money elsewhere um, yeah, Dan, classic Dan Tom business tactics, and you'll wonder why you are where you are. Okay, um, but yeah, I appreciate you guys, for those of you that want to do that, mixedmarshallanalyst.com, toggle to the right if you're on the mobile. Um, I was born in it. Uh, sorry, Bane there. So, we're gonna get to a, a recap here, just, yeah, that was pretty much it, all the shouts, thank you guys, you guys rock. Um, and, and I, by the way, I'm still keeping my DMs open because uh, even though I'm, I make myself vulnerable by admitting to certain things, I uh, I like to think that the people that uh, have reached out to me privately, um, who I won't cite here, obviously it's private, uh, that I've been able to help you guys by talking, whether it's you yourselves or you, your kids that have certain things that I've had experience with. Um, you know, for every job that I fucking shot myself in the foot with, for all the perceptions of what I have, uh, hopefully I'll be able to help you guys out as I'm able to help the gamblers out. So, all right. Yes, look at this. Look at this. Such a giving podcast. Unfortunately, <laughs> I give a lot of winners. As we went 8-5 and five overall, 19 minutes time stamping. Um, asterisk 1 and 2 in props because it was an ad. I really went 0-2 oh for what I technically gave out. 1-0 um, and oh in parlays, which was a good change, uh, and 0-1 oh in the straight play. Uh, so we'll definitely get to that. We're going to go from top to bottom here. Um, yeah, Edison, Cyril gone, defeated. Gone, gone, when? Defeated Derek Lewis. Um, like many of us, I picked decision. However, like many of us, big decision. Had the caveat of a later stoppage due to leg, body work, uh, etc. Working all the levels that gone does. His, you know, his, his, his footwork, his distance management, um, 
his decision making, you know, he made good decisions when he was forced into clinches, but you could tell he wasn't trying to go there as he normally does to reset that I pointed out. So, I mean, again, this guy's very smart. Um, broke Lewis down, and we've seen this before, and Lewis doesn't want to be there, and I don't mean that as a negative. I like Derek Lewis rooting for him and you betters out there, but, you know, we've seen this before. Fighters who wanted to strike and pick at him will just get him out of there because he just doesn't want to be there, and he'll have a couple possum moves, but that's about it. He really, it's kind of the, the nearing the end by the time you see any of those things. So, um thankfully gone you know it didn't go five rounds is happy he got it down in the third um but again you know i think it was he was minus money for him inside the distance still so i just i wasn't feeling it unless you were playing the dog there so i stayed away and enjoyed uh hopefully you guys did okay on whatever angles you took uh this was the fight of the night for me and many of course you know i mean jose aldo defeats pedro munoz by unanimous did pedro munoz by unanimous decision, you know, I always joke about the sexy strikers that the gamblers like jerking off. Well, this is where you guys get to flip it and make fun of me and all my analyst hipster friends because you bet we're, we're you know, we're lined up. We're lined up at Jose's door. You know, is, is the commission done taking his tape off? We've got some tugging to do because we were all so excited <laughs> to praise at the altar of Aldo. Wow, I why praising at the altar of someone means jerking there. You get what I'm saying. It's not literal. It's metaphorical. It's metaphorical tugs. Um, but yeah, man. Oh, geez. I mean, just the, the, the body work, the checks, the counters. Um, you know, I saw some talk about Josie other lack of leg kicks, but I'm like, I feel like he layered him in nicely and like Munoz looked like he was hurt and favoring his leg by the end of round two, even before he layered him even further in round three. And it also makes more sense because... You don't want to give a guy like Munoz a level-changing reactive shot because even though no one can hold Aldo down, it's not what Munoz wants to do and now Aldo needs to worry about. It's Even if he doesn't do a kick-catch takedown, even if you step in and misjudge and he forcibly steps in and knocks him off balance, you know, kind of a deal, just that little scramble alone that changes the level of where your head's at. That's all front headlock guys really need. Uh, or guillotine guys and, and, and Munoz's case really need so it made all the sense in the world for him to shelf a lot of his kicks it was just a beautiful fucking performance I tried to watch a little bit back of it today which I rarely do but I just again folks all the sexy strikers all the shit that I talk feel free shoot it back at me here this is uh, this is it um, uh, yeah uh, one second uh Da, 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 da. I'm trying to call me from the other room. Let me just pause this. Okay, she's fine. Just accidentally dialed me. Uh, there's an edit. Yeah. All right. Yeah, now just... She's watching the dogs. Wow, I'm recording. Hopefully, maybe I can get out of the fucking house. That's what I have to do just to get out of the house. Um... Yeah, interruptions and more edits. Fun times. What the fuck was I talking about? Yeah, Jose Aldo. Yeah, all right, jerk off. Yeah, all good. Next fight. Oh, it took my momentum. All right. Um, Vicente Luque, submission, Rob Ochoke, Michael Chiesa. I was wrong on this one. Um, didn't surprise me the sub, because I picked Diaz Chiesa by decision. Uh, I, I don't know if I said it, so I can't take credit for me, but if, if I said Luque was more likely to finish, but I also meant Luque is probably more likely to sub, but... Uh, I'm not trying to do revisionist history there when I say that, by the way. Just saying that. Uh, that doesn't surprise me so much, but yeah, oof, was I wrong on that one? Um, like Kiesa, he just did 
you know, he should have known better um, on the under, underhook uh, getup, why he did that option when the cage was right behind him. Um, that was, was bad because that's one of the easier setups. Uh, or that's one of the most common counters for guillotines and darces. Uh, and I do appreciate what he tried to do after. Um, it was almost a la Paul Felder in an escape that I use a lot. I couldn't see where I have to go relook. It's almost like you look like you, when they're darsing you, you turn into them like you're finishing a double leg. And that, oh, acidity. God damn it. Breaks the momentum and now my stomach acidity fucking rises. My body is just constantly, everything's fucking fighting me. God damn it. I just want to relax. What am I doing? Let's blow through this shit. Yeah, um, ugh. Fucking my body. It's not everything the stress is doing to me. It's been really fucking with my body. Ugh. I just want to sleep. Eat healthy and work out. That's all. Can I stop breaking things and relax then? All right. Sorry. Just having a these stomach attacks, so it's almost like I pass out and I gotta let it pass. It's fun times. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where well, you turn into like you're finishing a double leg and you use that pressure on their diaphragm as well as the separation of your ideally of your shoulder and neck to create some blood flow to break the choke. I'm not sure where it went wrong, and as well as Luke just kind of had his squeeze. Maybe he was able to have his belly as well right behind the back of the head. I think there was a little bit of that action, which is a real um, key point, that belly on the back of the head when you're finishing uh, chokes from that angle, when you're kind of on that bottom angle, if you will, underneath, between the mat and the person you're choking. Those kind of leverage points become more important. So that was awesome, man. I'm a big Luke fan, of course. Uh, this was more just perhaps a styles thing, but uh, no man, Luque's just gotta, you know, he's gotta make himself the Pedro Mun Pedro Munoz or Charles Oliveira uh, of the division, um, you know, with that with that double threat and pressure. So curious, see what he gets next. Um, I'm glad I changed this pick last minute to Torres because I only felt more and more confident as the fight as the week went on as I studied it more. Um, I'm not sure. I don't want to be revisionist. That's why this was the prop that I did add was Torres by decision um, because that was the way she was going to win. It was some plus money. And I actually, this was after the podcast when I decided to sprinkle on it. It ended up being more of a sprinkle because, again, my fucking, uh, and again, people use this all the time. I legit have it. So, again, my ADD kicks in. And uh, I think I was listening to a podcast and I went to pick and I ended up fucking putting uh, we'll get to it. The Kovalkiewicz quarter unit sprinkle. I sprinkled another quarter unit on her. So now I was like half a unit exposed on something I barely felt comfortable being a quarter unit exposed on. So not only had to go bet Tisha, I had to go bet Tisha by decision even harder. Thankfully, I did. Firstly, it washes out the bad for the Kovalkiewicz, but I can't flaunt that to you guys because even though my analysis matched up, and I know even my man Bronstetter uh, punctuated our conversation with that Torres decision prop in our pre-show. I can't sit here and claim credit for it, although that's what I played and that's what my analysis stated. So, yeah, she won. I'm just glad that I got that pick right because, uh, again, it was the picks were everywhere. And, and I said that, you know, again, I, I, I wasn't flaunting. I stayed light for a reason on this card because results were going to be everywhere. In my defense, that was probably the most accurate read of the night. Um... And, you know, staying away from certain spots like Casey Kenny, who lost by split decision to Yadong Song. And I thought that was the right decision. I didn't get the, the Kenny scorecard. 
someone said he was trying to do a Dillashaw impression, and I felt that with the Cruz fight, which is another reason why maybe I felt that he won the Cruz fight, because, you know, there's obviously a very strong argument that he, if you're really scoring things more based on criteria, uh, should have got. However, I would say, you know, Cruz headhunts, but that wasn't like your dong uh, song. Uh, he usually does headhunt more than anything, but he really made a more of a concerted effort than usual to go to the body. I know he does before, but I would argue he did it more for this fight, almost like he wanted to beat the guy to it, you know? Like, when you're facing a leg kicker, you kick him in the leg. Facing a body kicker, who wants to abuse that open stance? Abuse it before he can. So um, even though I wasn't watching with the closest of eyes, I did not disagree with Song winning that fight. Um, so yeah, man, Song's a stud, man. Fucking making make, making us uh, us uh, us Chinese proud over there. Uh, not coming from you know, not, not trying to get all nationalistic on you guys. I'm just saying, man. He's a you know, it's 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 uh, it's good to see Asian fighters doing well, which is another conversation we don't see a lot of, right? Um, so, you know, see one coming over, looking like a stud from all senses, from being handsome to skillful. How can you hate that, man? How can you hate that? Good on song. Uh, and you guys know, I'm, uh, you know, I've been a fan of Kenny, but these, these two fights have been, you know, he fights close and that's just not good. Uh, even though I don't, even though I give his style more credit than most, um, it, it's, we, we saw some of the detriments here. Um, this fight went like how me and many called it as well. Rafael Fazeev defeated Bobby Green by unanimous decision. Um, I don't know how he got a 30-27. That was fucking atrocious. You know, Texas, to the credit, like, there wasn't any all-out robberies. The right person, I'm, I'm pretty sure, won every fight. So, credit to them. But that 30-27 was ridiculous. Uh, how you score that last, last round for Fazeev. Um, I love when Fazeev wears his hat. And I apologize. I don't know what the the Russian name is for it, but it just reminds me of um, and GoldenEye in '64 when you were playing on the big head mode. Like that's what Fazeev looks like to me. <laughs> one of those guys. <laughs> uh, and uh, but yeah, I I, I, I had a 29-28 Fazeev, or at least two rounds to one. I think Bobby Green did enough for a 10-8, but you know maybe a little more. You could have made an argument for it. Who knows? Um, I'd have to rewatch it. Um, Vince Morales defeated Draco Rodriguez. I was in transit during this fight. Um, I headed to Kianish on that one, so I didn't. I, I didn't have a, a dog or read. You know, again, I'm trying to be more selective with what I target in efforts to save time, folks. Hence, why I'm not putting a lot of money in having analysis. Coincidentally, on fights with you know lower level or sketchier sample size. No offense to either of those two warriors. Just in. in you know, being critical and calling things for what they are within the context of how they're presented. Uh, Alonzo Menafield defeated Ed Herman by unanimous decision. I feel like Alonzo Menafield backers even lost money on this because this fight was uncharacteristic in many ways. And I'm not going to say that as an excuse. In fact, I'll parlay that into a compliment for both Menafield for his not crashing into the clinch, which was a propensity, and going buck wild. You know, keeping that composure. And Fortis MMA, as well as I'm sure Safe Sayud helped with those things. But as we'll talk about with Miles Johns, they clearly worked on their calf kicks for this uh, this card and they showed out. So you've got to give credit where credit's due to Fortis MMA, uh, even though I cashed on one spot or lost in this spot, right? I still got to give credit where credit's due here. Big props to Alonzo, Safe, Coach Safe, and Fortis. Um, 
Ed Herman, you know, at first my analysis was looking on point, though. You know, I said the clinch, which didn't happen, but I also mentioned the left hook uh, because we saw what OSP did, and so did Ed Herman. He was checking him. I mean, I know they were talking about the two big right hands, but, like, Ed Herman was, like, hitting him, was checking him before those right hands could even uh, sloppily slide off the side of his shoulder and, uh, you know, side of his head. Um, so Ed Herman was, like, making me look, quietly making me me and, and others who look who backed him look smart there but the calf kick which is already unfair because he's a redhead and he's going to show damage that's another thing about damage because it's like you know redhead or like you know michael chandler uh for example some of these guys they just bleed when you look at them you know it's like uh, you know and then it's like how much of that damage from you know uh, round one are you gonna grade into round two both visually and even uh, affect right like if he makes him limp and this didn't happen by the way but like if he made him limp in round two which he did really bad and then he goes into round i think he probably even did it in round one but if he does it does it in a previous round and that damage is shown and he's limping but even though it doesn't look pretty it's not the greatest body language which obviously can be enough to sway judges but if that person and this didn't happen but if that person is more effectively by a small merge margin uh, outstriking the person in the round and doing more which Ed Herman could have done probably in that third round because neither of them did shit. It's like they both just turned it off, you know? Um, but, like, you know, I could see judges still not giving that fighter the round because of the body language alone and, the like, you know, which I would argue is unfair. Yes, we should be grading damage, but also if we are grading round by round, now if that person kicks that leg more in, in the round and then they, uh, you know, which I believe Metafield did, by the way. And, and and then they're still limping, and now you want to continue grading that damage for that round. That's totally fine. But it's just a question that I, I, I keep asking myself with a lot of these a lot of these fights. Again, no issue with this one, by the way. Um, even sympathies to Menafield better, because I feel like everybody was on round one, which made sense. You look at Menafield, you know. Um, I don't regret taking these kind of angles. You know, you know, Dan Tom here loves playing these kind of angles. But, yeah, like, through multiple reasons, it was just like... Uh, you know, both guys did not fight to their character in a lot of ways. So, uh, you know, that was that was weird. But you got to give credit where credit's due. Um, Jessica Penny submission round one. It's like I want to give her credit too, man. Like she's sitting here making me look like an ass, uh, picking against her these two times. I, I didn't even, uh, I didn't even play against her the other time. So this was the only time, and it was just the, well, technically more than the quarter unit because I accidentally bet more, um, and hedged out with the Torres. But you know what I mean. Uh, I still played against her here, and. I don't even want to say it was looking right because she was actually making a decent account of herself on the feet, but we just couldn't say for either fighter on the feet because as soon as Kovalkiewicz countered her and got her down, she just she uh, did the smart thing and was like, ooh, let me score some points here, especially since it was looking kind of even on the feet, and that was smart. But then she got impatient. Maybe the crowd got to her, overconfident, and she jumped into, which... <sighs> It, you know, I, I don't want to get into the DC and Cruz, but I'll, I'll side with Cruz on that, that it was a sweep into the half guard because Damian Maia uses that, and technically you were purposely... You know, I know you're coming up on a single and re-wrestling, and I totally get that argument too, and I would differentiate between a traditional jiu-jitsu sweep to more of a wrestling-based sweep, but I still include the word sweep in there because you are not just coming from a bottom position and getting to a top position, but a lot of these times... 
um, you are purposely taking the bottom position to do it. And that's what Maya does. And in a not so high percentage and um, sloppier way, uh, that's what Penny does too, or did there. So I would side with Cruz in that argument, even though it doesn't fucking matter um, what I think um, or the argument itself. But yeah. Um, Good on Penny, just terrible. You could, they felt bad for Carolina, man. Uh, not because I better, not because she's cute, but like, you know, four fight skid, all those health issues, and then you just make a dumb move like that, and uh, you she was just trapped. Like, like Penny could not. That was the one way she was going to win the fight, and Carolina gave it to her. You know, like what can you say? Uh, Manel Cop uh, defeated Ode Osborne. I, I know that Ode was trying to get up and fight, and perhaps you could have let it play out more. But when a fighter drops, much less drops like a sack of potatoes or drops with something going stiff or looking like going stiff like his legs did, that's going to cue the ref. And you could tell the ref was processing because he had to fight to separate them. So clearly he was processing it. But you could also tell that he committed to he already committed to his call, which I respect, especially in a case where it was regardless of what you thought of the stoppage that it could play out longer, which I'm not disagreeing with that, but for health-wise, I'm still glad they did it bet aside because um, the person got flash KO'd, and it's the repetitive stuff that's going to come after that that's going to hurt them, you know. Uh, and yeah, we've seen guys come back from that to win, and that's just that's just the circumstances, you know. Um, but this one was a flying knee, and he dropped to the ground, so it was really tough to not trigger the ref. Miles Johns defeated Anderson De Santos Kios punch. This is just a beautiful, you know. Um, I, I don't know what else is going to happen this month, but so far it's my knockout of the month just because it was so beautiful. Set up from the body shot. Good on Johns. You know, I, I made the mistake of questioning him in the third round. He got a third round finish last time, so I stayed away from it. And he does the same thing again this time, third round finish. I'm just glad I was on the Johns side and on the Johns money line. He cashes the plus 125 um, parlay with Cape. The problem is I usually do a unit and then... Uh, the rest of my bets for the night will be based off that unit. I'll bet, uh, you know, a collective just under a unit, you know, so I did the point seven five for Herman and the point two uh, five for Kovalkiewicz, and you just hope that, you know, one on each side of those things hit, either the prop or the straight play or the, the heavy chalk that I loaded up on, right? And if I did that, um, I would have covered for the losses, I think, but since I only, or I would have more than covered and, and profited. But since I didn't, I, you know, the, the, the plus one, two, five helps. But yeah, I pretty much just, you know, come just short of, of breaking even the way I, I, I rationed out the place. I didn't do the full unit in Herman, only 0.75. Um, and then my add ons kind of all washed because the, the way they did. So yeah, I, I, whether you were with me on the day of the fights watching the preview show or just going off the podcast uh, or, you know, just going off the odds checker betting sheet, pretty much everything broke even the way it broke down. So um, which I'll still consider a loss slash me getting my nash kicked. Uh, Melissa Gatto, uh, TKO via arm injury. I almost jumped on that Gatto decision prop. That was at a big number that Aaron Brownstetter said. I'm glad I didn't because the doctor stopped this one, and rightfully so if it was a break. But again, you feel for Victoria Leonardo, Vic by the way, fighters that came off a layoff went three and one, uh, with the only one losing being Kovalkiewicz, of course, the one I bet on. Vince Morales comes through, uh, Melissa Gatto comes through, uh, and who else came through off the layoff? 
Mm-mm-mm. Uh, Johnny Munoz comes through. I, I did bet on him. I should say. Okay, so three on three and one. Uh, so that should probably. Uh, I I I didn't punch in the numbers, but I'm guessing that keeps a. If it wasn't at 58 percent, if it got knocked down after last week's card to 57 point high percentile, I, I think we're back in the 58 percent for a winning winning percentage for fighters coming off a year layoff. Um, Johnny Munoz, I didn't watch it, but he defeated. Uh, Jamie Simmons by rear naked choke. Um, that was another thing I was going to get in on because, uh, you know, I'm like, well, even though I'd still disagree and I'm glad I avoided the Johnny Munoz, part of me was wanted to do a fun one and pair him up with Torres maybe, and that would have been a nice number. Uh, didn't do it. Oh, well. I'm still glad that I, even though Munoz won, I'm still glad that I responsibly made my parlay legs uh, fighters with that were of a higher level and more of a higher sample size in Cape and Johns, so Cop and Johns. Uh, Carolina Cope, I wrote. Yeah, we're on the Carolina Cope. Feel bad for Carolina on that Carolina Cope, baby. Um, I wrote Pet O'Connery, but that was, just, that was, I think, shout to NT YouTube commenter, as well as uh, Brass Chuck. I know that's his Pet O'Forrester, is his favorite character. And uh, I don't know what Con Sean Connery's character's name is in the Indiana Jones series, but of course, Dan Tom here has to make him a raging pervert. So apologize to him and the memory of Short Round, as well as Indiana Jones, I guess. I don't know. Although Harrison Ford, that probably wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Jesus, Dan. Wow. That's right, Short Round. Uh, but, uh, wow. Okay, yeah. I got everything on my shouts list. All right. So, yeah, that was uh, that was the recap. Uh, how did we do on time? Wow, 40 minutes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so we're going to do top five next week. Um, if you want to get in on that at the PYM podcast, or if you ever just want to write into the show, like you've got a technique question, a judging question, not that I'm qualified to answer any of those things, I will do my best. Um, relationship stuff, I'm not qualified, but I'll do my best. Whatever you want to ask, really, honestly. This is, you know, um, I don't have a dedicated email like Bill Burr's the Monday morning podcast. Uh, I, I got to figure out which email I'm using because I have too many that I don't check. But the DMs are open, like I said, for for a multitude of reasons, whether it's at Dan Tom MMA or please follow I Don't Pollute Your Feed, support the podcast at the PYN Podcast on all social platforms. It really does help, folks. I try to share you guys if you share the podcast and tag it. Um, uh, give it a like if you're listening to the audio version on the YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe, Daniel Tom MMA, Apple Podcasts. Awesome. Some new reviews and some more five-star ratings. Really appreciate that, guys. Uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. It's greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. Uh, hopefully y'all did well. I'll uh, see you guys later this week for the top five. Um, then you know we'll be back on the grind. You know, another weeks off until until Christmas or at least December. So you know we'll be we'll be rolling, guys. So uh, thank you so much. Um, you know appreciate your loved ones out there. Make sure you're taking time for you and you know uh, making sure you're all good. And uh, yeah appreciate the important things and i know i'm trying to and make time for those things and you guys are, are one of those things and i appreciate you all right protect your neck